0: Hi everybody, it's Derek and this is your Foreign Exchange's World News Roundup for Saturday, July 1st and Sunday, July 2nd, 2023. Uh, There's a programming note here. As paid subscribers already know, today's roundup will be our last for a couple of weeks. Uh, The newsletter is taking its annual summer break. We will resume regular programming on July 18th. So thanks for uh, listening and thanks for being subscribers if you are a subscriber. And uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks after tonight. Uh, There's a few anniversaries. On July 1st, 1097, the Crusaders defeated a Seljuk army. The Crusaders of the First Crusade defeated a Seljuk army at at the Battle of Doraleum. Uh, The outnumbered Seljuks caught the vanguard of the Crusader army by surprise, but they were eventually worn down as the day went on and the rest of the Crusaders in their very long column kept rolling in to relieve their comrades. Uh, The victory was the last obstacle on the Crusaders' road to Antioch, which was a whole other kettle of fish Uh, on july 1st 1968 the treaty on the non-proliferation of nuclear weapons was signed by 62 countries nowadays that list has grown to 191 signatories the non-proliferation treaty has prevented the spread of nuclear weapons ever since except for all of the times uh, for example india israel north korea pakistan south africa Uh, it hasn't done that Uh, otherwise though it's been great On July 2nd, 1582, two vassals of the deceased Japanese daimyo Oda Nobunaga, Akechi Mitsuhide and Toyotomi Hideyoshi, met at the Battle of Yamazaki, uh, with Hideyoshi's army emerging victorious. Uh, Hideyoshi thus ended Mitsuhide's rebellion and exacted some vengeance for his defeat of Nobunaga, after which the daimyo committed suicide. The shogunate uh, passed from the Oda clan to the Toyotomi clan, uh, where it resided until Tokugawa Ieyasu took it from them in 1600. Uh, on July 2, 1853, citing the Ottomans' supposed failure to protect Christian religious sites as a pretext, Russian Tsar Nicholas I sent an army across the Pruth River to occupy Moldavia and Wallachia, both nominally still Ottoman territories. Nicholas assumed that the European powers would not begrudge him a little annexation as a treat. He was wrong, and the Crimean War ensued. On to the news. Uh, the Organization of Islamic Cooperation called on Sunday for a global prohibition on Quran desecration in the wake of Wednesday's incident in Stockholm. The OIC is arguing that the international, le- that international legal protections against religious hatred support such a ban. I have to say, it is hard to see Western governments implementing something like this. But with right-wing xenophobia and Islamophobia politically ascendant, the issue certainly isn't going away. Uh, In the Middle East, in Syria, the Israeli military launched a missile strike on targets near the city of Homs on Sunday. In a rare acknowledgement, Israeli officials said they were targeting Syrian air defense systems after a Syrian anti-aircraft missile exploded near Israeli airspace and fragments landed on Israeli soil. I am unclear why the Syrians would have launched that missile in the first place. And it's possible, just possible, that the Israelis are fudging the timeline a bit here. Uh, I suspect they may have undertaken a strike and then the Syrians responded and it was during that response that the missile blew up and landed, uh, fragments landed in Israel, and then they the Israelis attacked again after that. In Israel-Palestine, the Israeli military attacked what it called a joint operations center for militants in the West Bank city of Janine early Monday morning, killing at least one person. They're claiming the facility was used by the Jenin Brigades, one of a number of local militant units that have sprung up across the territory in recent years. Uh, elsewhere, according to The Washington Post, settler violence in the West Bank has opened a new rift within within the far-right Israeli ruling coalition. Uh, I'll read you a couple of paragraphs here. The split over how to respond to the violence is just the latest example of tensions pulling at Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's fractious governing coalition as it struggles to remake the country's judiciary and ease strains with the United States, Europe, and regional powers. It pits the country's security establishment against far-right cabinet members who say the rampages are an understandable reaction to Palestinian violence and reject characterizing them as, quote – Jewish terrorism, end quote. Finance Minister Bezalel Smotrich, a settler leader who heads the Religious Zionist Party this week, slammed Defense Minister Yoav Gallant for approving the summary detention of four settlers suspected of participating in attacks on the village of Lubana Sharkia. Uh, Israel regularly employs administrative detention to hold Palestinians without trial. More than 1,000 were detained in March, according to the Israeli Prison Service. But in a tweet... Smoltrich called the use of that mechanism against settlers, quote, both democratically and morally repugnant, end quote. Uh, Gallant's office declined to comment for this article, but a senior Israeli official said Gallant and other security officials had concluded that the risk posed by some settlers required the same approach that they employ against suspected Palestinian terrorists. In Iran, Iranian Foreign Minister Hossein Amir Abdullahyan has apparently decided not to send a new ambassador to Sweden in response to that aforementioned Quran desecration, at least not for the time being. Amir Abdullahyan's announcement suggested that an ambassador has already been picked and he's just decided to delay making the appointment official. It is unclear how long that delay might last. In Asia and Pakistan, unspecified militants attacked a security checkpoint in Balochistan province on Sunday, killing four security personnel. One of the attackers was also killed in the clash. The militants in question were likely Pakistani Taliban members, although there's been no claim of responsibility as yet. On Friday, meanwhile, Pakistani security forces conducted raids on two militant bases in Khyber Pakhtunkhwa province, killing at least six alleged militants. The Pakistani Taliban predominates in that region, but there are also Islamic State elements operating. Operating there. In Myanmar, authorities are accusing the Kachin Independence, Arm- uh, Independence Army Rebel Group of attacking a Chinese military convoy in Kachin State on Tuesday. The KIA is denying the allegation. Chinese officials were reportedly heading to a border security meeting with their Myanmar count- counterparts when the incident is supposed to have taken place. There were no casualties in the alleged attack. Uh, In China, the U.S. military is now saying that the Chinese balloon of death didn't actually collect any intelligence as it floated across the continental United States earlier this year. If the week-long panic that gripped the U.S. over the balloon hadn't already reached farce territory, this should push it over the line. In Africa and Sudan, it's getting difficult to find new ways to say fighting between the Sudanese military and the rapid support forces continued unabated today. But since this is going to be our last roundup for a while, it's probably worth saying it at least one more time. Heavy fighting was reported around the capital area, with the RSF even claiming to have downed a military aircraft in Bahri. The Sudanese doctors union on Saturday accused the RSF of attacking the Shuhada Hospital in Bahri, or the Martyrs Hospital in Bahri, killing one medical worker uh, the RSF denied involvement. In Sierra Leone, the opposition All People's Congress Party announced on Friday evening that it intends to boycott, quote, any level of governance, including the legislature and local councils, end quote, in protest of what it claims was President Julius Mada Bio's fraudulent victory in last weekend's election. Beo visited uh, finished excuse me well ahead of APC leader Samura Kamara amid what the APC says were numerous quote glaring irregularities and violations of established electoral procedures end quote the party is demanding the resignation of multiple electoral officials followed by a new election within six months that seems unlikely to happen In Nigeria, an apparent jihadist attack killed at least five people and left another 11 wounded in the town of Damboa in Nigeria's Borno State on Friday. The attackers reportedly fired a rocket-propelled grenade into the town and then attempted to swarm in, but an anti-jihadist militia drove them off. In the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Allied Democratic Forces fighters attacked a village in the eastern DRC Ituri province on Friday, killing at least 11 people. The village chief is claiming that 13 people were killed, but apparently only 11 bodies have been recovered. On to Europe. In Russia, a group called Global Witness has released a new report identifying Western firms Total Energies and Shell as the third and fourth, respectively, biggest corporate entities in the Russian liquefied natural gas market. Two Russian firms are first and second, which makes sense. But under the circumstances, it's a little awkward for these two Western energy giants to be helping Russia generate its massive energy revenues. Uh, both companies insist they're only fulfilling long-term contracts that were signed prior to the Russian invasion of Ukraine and are not doing any new business. Business in Russian LNG. Uh, in co- elsewhere, in contrast with the slew of think pieces that have been suggesting that last weekend's Wagner mutiny is somehow the beginning of the end for the war in Ukraine or even for Vladimir Putin's reign in Moscow... Paul Post at World Politics Review suggests the incident could actually prolong the Ukraine conflict. For one thing, there's no indication the mutiny has uh, had any effect on Russian public opinion, and it actually seems to have removed one major source of discord, that being Wagner boss Evgeny Prigozhin, within the Russian establishment. For another thing, if, as so many Russian knowers have been positing, the mutiny has weakened Putin or made him feel weakened, that could cause him to push harder in Ukraine so as to prove otherwise. In Ukraine, Deputy Defense Minister Hannah Maliar said via social media on Sunday that Russian forces had made advances in recent days along four fronts in eastern Ukraine, while Ukrainian forces are advancing in the southern part of the country. As far as I can tell, she didn't go into much detail beyond that. In Romania, the Romanian government expelled 40 Russian diplomatic staff on Saturday as relations between those two countries continue to spiral downward amid the war in Ukraine. Romanian authorities issued their expulsion orders last month. In Bosnia and Herzegovina, the high representative for Bosnia and Herzegovina, Christian Schmidt, stepped in on Saturday to veto or rescind two laws recently passed by the legislature in Bosnia's Republika Srpska region. Uh, Those laws rejected the authority of the Constitutional Court of Bosnia and Herzegovina and ceased the publication, publication of Schmidt's edicts in the official regional government gazette. Both laws deepen the de facto secession that's being pushed by Republika Srpska President Milorad Dodik. Uh, As high representative, Schmidt has effectively unchecked authority to make or revoke law. The position was instituted by the 1995 Dayton Agreement and was supposed to serve as a stopgap executive while Bosnia's constituent communities built up new national institutions. It's been 28 years and there's still no indication that the position is going away anytime soon. Schmidt's veto is likely of course to exacerbate this secessionist crisis. In the Americas and Brazil, according to the Wall Street Journal, Brazilian authorities are worried that the Russian government is using their country as a way station for spies. I'll read you a couple of paragraphs here. The double life of a suspected Russian spy arrested in the far north of Norway began more than a decade earlier in this corn and soybean producing town half a world away, Brazilian authorities say. Norwegian authorities say a university researcher carrying Brazilian documentation is actually a deep cover agent for Moscow, charging him with Espionage Investigators traced his Brazilian citizenship to a fraudulently obtained birth certificate from Padre Bernardo in what has been a, become a familiar pattern of identity theft and spycraft originating from this South African country. Another Russian using a forged Brazilian identity is incarcerated in Brazil and faces spying charges in the U.S., Dutch authorities stopped him last year as he allegedly attempted to infiltrate the International Criminal Court as an intern. A third suspected Russian spy who lived for years under a Brazilian identity in Rio de Janeiro is missing. The incidents have sparked an investigation in Brazil into whether Moscow is using the country as an incubator for deep cover agents seeking to infiltrate the West – and have put Brazil in the un- in an uncomfortable international spotlight. Brazilian investigators have offered few public details about their probe, but they believe more covert agents could be lurking undetected within the country or around the world, according to people familiar with the matter. In Guatemala, that country's Supreme Court on Saturday ordered a review of ballots from last weekend's presidential election. First-round winner and former First Lady Sandra Torres requested the review, alleging indications of fraud in favor of runner-up and former Ambassador Bernardo Arevalo. Uh, The review could lead to a recount if enough irregularities are discovered. Arevalo Arevalo is planning to appeal the ruling to Guatemalan elections officials. Uh, And finally, in the United States, there's a piece from Jacobin uh, by Cal Winslow, where he writes about the battle to save Western North America's massive temperate rainforest. Uh, I'll read a couple of paragraphs here. Everywhere these forests are threatened. In the United States, where they are not corporately owned, the U.S. Forest Service is likely to manage them. Yet even these publicly owned forests are not safe. The Forest Service is just as likely to enable the loggers as restrain them. Even the national and state parks and reserves of California survive only at the whim of giant bureaucracies. These in turn are reflective of which parties are in power. Professor William Russell, a forest scientist at San Jose State University, reports that Mature second-growth redwood stands begin to develop old-growth features but are, unfortunately, under threat of commercial logging on public lands traditionally designated as preserves. Commercial restoration logging is currently taking place in national and state parks. It is not just the remnant of redwoods, 4% of their former number, that is facing the axe. The coastal lowlands of Oregon and Washington are a checkerboard of ongoing clear-cutting tree farms on a 30-year rotation ruling out meaning meaningful recovery. Uh, really, uh, as, as much attention as gets paid... This is me again, sorry. As much attention as gets paid to the Amazon, rightly so, and to rainforests, tropical rainforests in the Democratic Republic of the Congo and Indonesia and other parts of the world, these temperate forests are... Also hugely important from a climate perspective, and the fact that we just continue to clear cut them uh, is it just speaks to the lack of seriousness in in any global uh, response to climate change in the US or anywhere else it's It's an atrocity uh, and uh, really deserves more more scrutiny than it gets I think uh, on that note, as I say, this is our last roundup for a couple of weeks. Uh, I hope you all have a uh, wonderful time, and I will. I look forward to getting back to regular programming again, again on July 18th. I want to thank all of you for reading and or listening to the newsletter, especially those of you who are Foreign Exchange's subscribers, uh, and most especially paid subscribers who make this newsletter possible. Until we meet again, take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.